It's Doable Discipleship. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. My name's Doug Jones. My name's Jason Wheeland. This is a Saddleback Church podcast and YouTube show designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, or as we so lovingly call it, it's the... Sh- it, I don't have anything <laughs> for this one. It's the show that helps you grow. <laughs> I did not... Sometimes the straightforward answer is That's <clears throat> what it is. You know, I want to take a second, Jason, and welcome a very special friend of ours. Yes. You can't see him. You can't hear him. Oh, but wait. he's waving at us right now. Yeah, I was gonna say if he's if he if he said hi loud enough, you could hear him. Say 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 hi loudly, Chris. Hi. <laughs> yeah, <I'm here>. <laughs> <laughs> That's our friend Chris. He's the newest pastor on the spiritual maturity team here at Saddleback Lake Forest, and he's also a, an incredibly talented uh, video producer, shooter, creator, maker, uh, whatever filmmaker. And so he's a guy who is going to help take doable discipleship and so many things that the spiritual maturity team does to a whole nother level. So warm welcome to him. I know you're clapping. Like these new microphones, if you're watching on YouTube. He gave us these. <laughs> and may I say on though, we've had plenty of comments from you on YouTube saying, your microphones are in front of your face. We hate we, that. We want to see Jason's pearly whites. Well, I know. these new microphones <laughs> make that possible. So <laughs> uh, we're trying them out. And if we like them, who knows? Maybe you'll see more of our faces going forward. So I think that's enough (laughs) random administrative details for the day. Uh, All right, we are wrapping up our series today. We've been doing this Bible series for the past, well, this is the fourth week. And we've gone through a few different topics. And the whole point of the entire thing is to help you dig into the Bible with more confidence than maybe you've had before. We said at the top of the series that the Bible, even though it is the most critical document uh, on earth, it's something that is super intimidating, super frustrating, and, and some people just find it really impenetrable. And this series has been designed to help you get a better handle on God's Word so that you can dig in and apply it to your life, because that's how spiritual growth happens, by applying the principles of the Bible to your life. So, uh, we've talked about what the Bible is. We had a fun orientation episode. You can go back to, to the orientation episode, which is three episodes back from this one, and get caught up if you haven't done that yet. And we just talked about what the Bible is and kind of just some basics about how it's composed and all those good things. We talked about Bible genres, how the Bible consists of various types of literature, and those have to be applied differently to your life. And we talked about the authors and how the author's historical situation and their background is you know brought to bear on the proper interpretation of the Bible. Today, we want to give you some really practical tools to help you dig into the Bible in a very I don't want to reuse the word practical way, um, and maybe a little bit more deeply than ever before. So we're going to talk tools, methods, and all kinds of really handy-dandy things right after this. All right, we are going to be digging in uh, to some different elements, some, uh, as Doug said, multiple times, practical elements of, of Bible study here. I'm going to do my best uh, and not get so distracted by Doug's shirt, which uh, I keep trying to assess if there's a pattern on the shirt. I just... It defies, it defies any pattern. category. Okay. Um, all right. So first we want to talk translations, right? Um, so many people, they approach the Bible, you know, like, I want to start reading the Bible. And you go to uh, the bookstore or you go on Amazon you get whatever, and you're like... Whoa, why are there so many different translations? Multiple reasons. So let's talk through what some of these translations are and and, and what the different or 
and the different approaches to them. So the first we want to talk about is uh, is a really fancy pants word called formal equivalence. Another, <laughs> another. I love the fancy pants. Yeah, it's um, not literally just came out of my nose when I laughed at that. Because we're both getting over a cold. We are. Um, and so it's um, basically it's not strictly, but otherwise it's com- it's more commonly known as word for word. It's it's on that end of the spectrum of translation. Yeah. And so what we're talking about is it it focuses on the content of the text. So it attempts to preserve the word order. Um, and includes the fewest additional words possible. So basically, it's going back to the original Hebrew, the original Greek, and it's say it's really trying to get that word for word translation as best as possible. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a translation that's really excellent for study because you're getting that word for word element to it, but. It means that it can be a little bit clunky if you're just reading it for devotional use, because sometimes word for word uh, isn't doesn't translate the best to how we would construct a sentence. They're trying to convey the real literal Greek or Hebrew meaning. Yes, and sometimes it doesn't come through to English real perfectly. Not so not always bit. the best. Yeah. So um, so some examples of this, if you're like. Oh, I wonder if my Bible fits that. Well, um, if your Bible is a King James or a New King James or a New American Standard or an, an ESV, an English Standard Version, or a, a NRSV, a New Revised Standard Bible, um, those are some main ones that kind of fit the word-for-word or formal equivalence category. Yeah. Um, so that's just one element of the translation. There's a whole nother side that mm-hmm. Doug's going to talk about. Yeah, again, so those are great go-to study Bibles, not perfect for devotional. If you want to do something for devotional reading, I recommend what's called a dynamic equivalence Bible, and those focus on the functional meaning of the text rather than the like literal word-for-word content of the text, but the functional meaning. So what's the idea that's being conveyed uh, or sometimes it's called a thought for thought. Thank translation. you. I was going to say because there's so Get many sorts the... of charts and you know that that show the Bibles on the spectrum, and they all yeah. say word for word or thought for the thought. The simplest so way to confuse... think of it, yes, word for word, thought for thought. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> with thought for thought or dynamic equivalence translations, um, they take some liberty with word order and things like that, and they are they allow themselves to add some additional words in the English language in order to make for ease of reading, so that you can remain true to the idea that was being conveyed in the original language, you know, if you have a good translation, while also making it something that is just digestible in English, something you can just get through pretty easily. Yeah. So those are those can be good for both study and devotional use. They're not quite as good for study as a, a formal equivalence or a w- more word-for-word Bible, but they can be used for that. But they're great for devotional use because they tend to read rather smoothly. Um, so some examples of that, uh, the New Living Translation is a great one. That's the that's the Bible that I use for my quiet time. Me too. It's, it's a real solid translation, and it also is very readable in modern English language. Uh, New International Version is another one. We especially like the, what is it, the 1984 version. Uh, the contemporary English version is also great, and uh, the New Century version. So these are examples. It's not all of them, but these are examples of a dynamic equivalence, thought-for-thought Bible. It's important to note um, in regarding translation, and you can learn more about this in Foundations in the Bible sections, uh, Tom and Kay really get into it, mm-hmm. that it's it's not like... It's not like these ones are just some guy saying, I just want to come up with my new translation of the Bible, and uh, I'm just going to, you know, some raving thing or whatever. <laughs> is, there's, is, is these Bibles are put together by, like, 
teams of the some of the smartest people and they just Bible scholars. Bible scholars yeah. and they meticulously go back to the original Hebrew, the original Greek, mm-hmm. and they translate from there using whether it's a word for word or a thought for thought, it's using their approach. And there's differences yeah. because sometimes those those original words or phrases can have some multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. And so that's that is so it's not that one translation is better than the other. It's, it's, that's an important point. That's yeah. an important point. It's sometimes not like we start some, with the wrong question saying, what's the best Bible translation for me to use? The question really needs to be, what's the best Bible translation for what I'm going to do with it? Exactly. So am I studying it? Am I reading it devotionally? That kind of thing. And for and for you, if you're just getting into Bible reading, read from a couple different ones to see like which one mm. um, reads the best to you, yeah. right? Because there's people that prefer different translations just based on based on your upbringing, based on um, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, but it, or you can get a parallel Bible. Which mm. has multiple different translations within it, so it's um, yeah. You can see those. Most side of them by have side. two or four translations in the whole thing. So we have one at home that's a four translation parallel Bible, which is really cool. I thought you made a really good point about that. Each of these translations is going back and looking at the original text. So there's this myth about. Bible translations that they're translations of translations of translations, and that there's this telephone game going on, but that's not actually the case. And if you go back and listen to the first episode in this series, the um, I think that's where we talked about it, it was in the orientation episode. Yeah. We talk a little bit about that, but they're going back to the Greek and Hebrew text. It's not this thing where it's undergoing all these changes as it's not people like they're going back to the King James in translating yeah, translating off that, of that into the NIV and then that yeah. into the NLT. No, that's not the way it works. Yeah. Is that clear? Yeah, I think it's clear. That is clear. All right, take us on to the next one. Um, all right, so, and then there's a paraphrase, and uh, let's just be abundantly <clears throat> clear, this is not a translation. This, yes. this is not a translation. It's It focuses on interpreting the ancient truth in a modern language. So what it is, is it's taking it's taking what was said and placing it in, a, in more of a modern voice. Mm-hmm. It does not adhere to the original word order and includes many additional words for ease of reading. Um, emphasis on the many. On, the, yeah. <laughs> on there. It's um, basically a total reworking of the text in order to convey it in a very time and place and sometimes it's way. one person's a paraphrase of what the bible saying that is so important. like you get one yeah. like the message which is so common and that mm-hmm. was eugene peterson yeah did his his own a paraphrase of mm-hmm. the bible right and that's what it is and um, he's a scholarly guy so yeah. it's not as though this is just like jason said some random dude who thought hey i'll take a crack at translating the bible no it's not a translation to begin with and no these are done by scholars not by just me yeah, and, and they're done for a different purpose. It's, right. it's 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 to help us understand in our and our, our our common language, our modern language, a little yeah. bit better. It's not done. It's it's not trying to be a word for word or a thought for thought. Exactly. Um, is and these are great for devotional use. It can really help to understand verses or passages of scripture that can be tougher to understand. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's great then to go to a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Um. I've always I've heard it encouraged like don't go immediately to a paraphrase is I try to read it from another translation first if you're mm. still having trouble or you just want another approach then check out a paraphrase and yeah. see what, how they say it. Um, so some examples are the message which we talked about and then yeah. there's the Living Bible and uh, the Voice which I think is a newer one or I've I've more I've heard yeah. of it newer but yeah. yeah 
Well, let's talk Bible study. Oh tools. yeah, I have that one. Um, so so those are translations, and that's and that's based on on Bibles. Um, now there's a lot of different tools in studying the Bible as well. So if you're like, I really want to get in and 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 start to dive dive in deep into uh, studying my Bible. Uh, we're going to touch on a few different tools that uh, you can use to do that. And I brought some of them mm-hmm. here. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see what some of them, lo- them look like. Uh, first, we want to talk about a... Con- and if you're listening to the podcast, you can just hear them thumping you around can- on the table. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> These are heavy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> They're whoppers. Okay. So the first is a-, a concordance. A concordance is basically... is It tells you where any word is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Is You can look up anything. So I open it up. If I wanted to look up the word play, for whatever reason, um, it tells me um, where where it is throughout the whole Bible. It's Go ahead and read us verses. all those references, will you? Yeah, all the verses. <laughs> yeah, there's that'll be fun. Listening, quite a few, <laughs> um, pre- uh, largely in the Old Testament, actually. Um, so, so any word that you can think of, if you want to know where it is in Scripture, a concordance will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's some concordances too that will tell you. Um, a Greek and Hebrew words too. Um, if you want to dig in, in into the original languages, it'll tell you where those are and what they mean and, yeah. and whatnot. We should say about concordances too that concordances are translation specific. Yes. So when you're looking That's at a, a concordance, like for example, this is the New International Version concordance. So it's going to tell you where those words appear in the NIV. There are also NLT concordances and concordances for every major translation of the Bible. So that's just important to know. Very important to yeah, know. Yeah, because you may be like, oh, why isn't this word, this, this word appears in this passage in this translation, but not in this one? It's because those are different translations. They may have chosen different words that had a close to the same meaning. Great point. Um, next thing we, we wanted to touch on was a Bible dictionary. Uh, what I have right here is called the Nelson's Illustrated Bible Dictionary. Um, guys, did you know that there are some words that... Uh, might appear in the Bible that you're like have, don't appear in like Webster's or whatever. You can find them in the Bible dictionary. So any word that you can think of, such as uh, the Epistles of John, and then there's a whole thing on the Epistles of John. Or that's a bad example. Um, or Ludim, the first son of Mizram. If you wanted to learn about him, <laughs> it's all there, folks. It's all there. <laughs> so that's pre- it's helpful if you are reading scripture and it. You come around across something and you're like, I want to learn more about either what this is or who this is. Mm-hmm. A Bible dictionary can uh, help you do that. Let me add to that. Please do. Uh, Bible dictionary is a bit of a misnomer. Most Bible dictionaries are actually a lot more like a Bible encyclopedia, So, which is actually kind of a cool thing. So if you go look up a certain term or a certain, uh, you know, just something that you want to go look up in the dictionary, what you're going to find is an article that'll actually take you through a pretty robust explanation of that particular topic. So um, it's not less than a dictionary. It's kind of more than a dictionary in that way. So think of it more as a, it's, it's more of an encyclopedia. I it's, a handy, it's a handy tool. Agree completely. And then uh, we want to, I also want to mention quickly a, a topical Bible. Uh, so what I have here is Zondervan's NIV Naves Topical Bible. And basically, a topical Bible, you can, any topic that you think of, you're like, I want to learn more about, uh... (laughs) I love these random page flips. I want to learn more about the minerals of the Bible, because why wouldn't you? You (laughs) can uh, find it in the topical Bible, and it tells you all the places in Scripture that you can find it, and it gives some, it it gives like a definition, and then all the different places. And what's nice is it breaks it down by topic too. So it's like, if you want to learn about this mineral or whatever, you can find it here. This one here, this one here. So um, I... Gripping. 
It is gripping. I use this one a lot, actually, a lot more than I had anticipated. But anyway, oh, that's, that's cool. Hope you guys enjoyed that little look at some uh, at some of those. Uh, another one that's worth mentioning is a Bible handbook, and that's kind of it, it goes deep into into the places, into the people. It gives you maps and atlases and different stuff. Um, so it's really kind of uh, it's a it's a look at at things that you can't get from a concordance or topical Bible. It really dives into um, the background of that kind of stuff. Yeah. There are also some really great online tools that you really need to know about, because let's face it, it's 2018 or later, depending on how long it takes <laughs> you to listen to this episode. Um, so you, you need to know that there are some great online tools that are free. F-R-E-E. Free 99. These things are really good really easy to access, and they don't cost you anything. This is a golden age of Bible study, people. So yeah, all these paper resources are very helpful, but you can find a lot of this content for free online, and it's really good stuff. Uh, one example is Bible Gateway. has lots of great study tools. I know some people on our team really use it. I don't. <laughs> I use it. You use it? I use it more than others. <laughs> great. Okay. <laughs> The one that I love to use the most, and call me crazy, but it's blueletterbible.org. I that love one that one. Uh, I, I think it's a great, it's for me a great go-to. Jason talked about um, you know reading, um, reading parallel Bibles and stuff like that. One great tool that I use all the time is an interlinear Bible, where you can actually be looking at a translation, and right underneath the translation kind of interlinear, so kind of underneath each line, you'll find the Greek or Hebrew words, so you can click through and see, what is that word? in Hebrew, and what does that mean, and that sort of thing. So when you hear a pastor up there on stage saying, and the Greek word for that is what, whatever, and that implies this and this, you're like, wow, that's such a great insight into the text. You can do that. That's not like a special superpower that only pastors can do or only theologians can do. You can just go online to blueletterbible.org, or there's lots of softwares and that kind of stuff, but you got to pay for those. Go online, and you can access a lot of really robust tools. What I'll do I'll link to those tools in the show notes, and I'll also connect you with some uh, some walkthrough videos Thank that'll you. help explain the basics of how to get around on those sites. Because at first, you go there and you're like, whoa, this is sensory overload. There's stuff everywhere. Um, but they're very handy tools, and if you take just a few minutes to get acclimated, you will quickly find that they will open the door to a whole new world of Bible study you didn't even know that you could do. It's very powerful. One thing I don't think we've talked about in this series, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention it. I hate being remiss. Is commentaries. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing you can access on these on these online tools. That's, that's what so made that's me think of That's one starting place. Yeah. So a commentary is basically it's a theologian or some person's notes or thoughts about scriptures. You can mm -hmm. read through them. Um, now, as you are doing your own Bible study, I will say... Um, Pastor Rick and Pastor Tom always teach, hey, do your own Bible study first and then go to a commentary. So don't let somebody else's commentary be the sole um, input of your thinking. Is Do your own thinking about what a passage is saying and then go to a commentary to see what somebody else has said about it. Yes, good word. Bible commentaries are excellent tools, um, but don't start with the commentary. Yeah. Remember, a, comment, a Bible commentary is a commentary in the truest sense of the word, in the same way like DVD extra feature commentaries from the director is the same thing. It's someone going through and commenting on what is contained in the text. And uh, that means you're getting, at times, a personal take on things. You may be getting uh, a, 
a theological angle on something that you may not agree with, that sort of thing. So one, uh, you know, one or two things I would mention about commentaries is um, commentaries are not the Bible. They are someone's perspective on the Bible, and so you must not take everything that's written in a commentary as absolute guaranteed truth. You may be reading someone's personal perspective or take on that passage. So it's important that even when you're reading a commentary, you still think for yourself. You may read a commentary and disagree with something. That's okay. That's just part of the discourse of Bible study and conversation. It's perfectly all right. So do not... You okay there? I tried to. I turned. You did. So, you did but, it all right, but whatever. I couldn't resist commentary. Yeah, uh, anyway, commentaries are great tools. Just make sure you're thoughtful about it. Uh, what's contained in a commentary shouldn't be taken as God's word. Okay, got that. I thought you had right. two things to say on it. Uh, I said one or two, and okay. then I think I, I just, just read it all together. Just making sure. Okay. Thanks for calling me out, though. Well, I just I can't to... believe we almost missed commentary. I know <laughs> it makes me rethink the whole validity of our show. Why are we doing this? Well, <laughs> we can't even remember commentaries. I thought of it because we talked about Blue Letter Bible, and there's a lot of commentaries available on Blue Letter Bible. You're so right. So anyway, uh, you have the next Yep, one. I'm up next. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Bible study methods. And when I say Bible study methods, I'm talking about Rick Warren's Bible study methods, folks. Uh, this is a great, great tool, and it will walk you through 12 ways to get a grasp or to unlock God's Word. Jason's showing it there again. Yeah, you Maybe kind we get of like, went like this. Sorry. So I was just... I know. I'm focused on talking more than showing Thank you, kind Jason. Yep. Uh, anyway, so this this will take you through uh, 12 different methods of Bible study that will help you dig into God's Word in a deeper way. There are uh, lots of methods contained, some of the highlights. Uh, one, the, the first one you'll learn is called the devotional method. The devotional method is great because it's just how to read the text, and it's a pretty chill method. You just go through, and then you ask yourself some reflective questions. Why are you smirking at me? Pretty chill. <laughs> it's a, it's a ch- of all the 12 methods in Rick it's Warren's the Bible most Study Methods, chill. it is the chillest. Yeah. You will agree, and everyone else will when they read it. Yeah. Um, you can do a character quality study. This book will, will teach you how to do that. And that's where you can literally just think of like uh, something like uh, courage or faith or faithfulness and that kind of thing. And then you can actually walk through the steps of surveying the scriptures and finding where these topics are discussed, and then how you can learn from the passages that, that convey that idea. Uh, a word study... Same idea. You can focus on a single word. Jason talked a little bit about that. Using uh, the Bible dictionaries can be a helpful tool in that. Walks you through that. Uh, Verse-by-verse method, uh, chapter summary, so how to actually read a chapter of a book of the Bible and actually summarize it, create a create a kind of a coherent outline and sort of encapsulate the entire um, uh, meaning and message of that passage. And then a book survey where you're actually um, taking the time to go through an entire book of the Bible uh, anything you add on that? I know I'm kind of there's No, that's good. Uh, uh, so there's 12 methods in in Rick's book. We just kind of mentioned a sampling of them. But mm-hmm. um, so all of them have, have forms in there too. So it walks you through how mm, you yeah. do it. Uh, and it, you know, it gives you, it gives you like, now you do this, now you do this, now you do this. Um, and so we'd highly encourage you to check that out. Uh, our team actually is going to work on creating some video tutorials on these too. So uh, that should be coming in the near future. But with Chris's help. Thanks, Chris. With Chris's love help. You, love hey. you, Chris. Okay. Um, so we're excited for that. Yeah, that was great. All right, let's talk some doables then, shall we? Uh, we shall. And so a couple of easy, easy ones. Pick up this book, Rick Warren's Bible Study Methods. Yeah. Um, it's on the books page, so, so you can go and get it from there. It's in the bookstore on the weekend or wherever books are sold. And the books page that Jason referenced is saddleback.com slash books. Sorry, I should be more specific. Um, also, we mentioned um, in our section on having a 
quiet time, our episode on that, I think, uh, to download a 40 day guide, we'd encourage you to do that now. That's kind of, it's, so it's a way to walk through, um, it goes through a couple books of the Bible actually, and it's just Mm -hmm. a great way to start the habit of getting into the Bible. So take what you've learned over these last four weeks, talking about the the overview, the genres, the authors, and now um, the different study tools and methods, and just start to apply that. Start to walk through Scripture and apply that. In the 40-day guide, I should say, it walks you through the devotional method. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you ask yourself some different things, like uh, putting yourself into the scene uh, in the picture method, or asking different questions in the probit method and yeah. stuff like that. So um, that's a really good, great place to start. Also, want to mention this book, um, which our friend Brandon, who was on a couple of weeks ago, uh, suggested we talk about: "How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth." Mm-hmm. Um, this book has been around for a while, and um, it's it's almost a staple yeah. um, in in Bible schools. I want to read one of the quotes on the back because I thought it was a good little plug for it. Um, uh, the, uh, the Preacher's Magazine says. Stimulating and helping the earnest Bible student understand the Old and New Testaments better. Hmm. That's so, pretty straightforward. There you go. <clears throat> I'll vouch for that one. That was one of my texts in a biblical hermeneutics class that I took. So, uh, great book. It does not have this title any, or this cover anymore. No, it's, it's been a updated. Bit more updated. Um, we'll link to that in the show notes. It's not on the books page, but we'll link to it nonetheless. So you can check that out. It's a. We should uh, put it on the book. It's page. a little book, but I'll be honest. It's pretty dense. It's 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 no messing around. This will take you into a really a heavy look at, at deeper Bible study. All right. I think we covered everything. This is a very practical, doable episode. Bible crash course. Yeah. Comes to an end. In the books. Yeah. Next week, we got a great interview with a good friend of ours. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. And then a new series is going to kick off after that. So come on, stick with us. We love you. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week